Hi, my name is Tim Newman. I live in Lake Forest, and you are listening to The Lake Forest Podcast. Welcome to The Lake Forest Podcast, a podcast about the lovely city of Lake Forest, featuring topics like local news, sports, music, people, and food. My name is Pete, and I'm joined with my co-host, Scoo Walker, and we all live in Lake Forest. Scoo, we got a sponsor for the show. Guess who it is? Who is it today, Pete? Neuro Noodle. Get a doodle okay. of your noodle. Now that we're starting to get back into live sports, the kids get a physical, right? Well, they should also get a brain map so that you have a baseline to compare it to in case something happens on the field. How are you going to determine if your kids should go back on the field? Visit NeuroNoodle.com. Okay, full disclosure time. You know the podcast uh, getting pretty big, Scoo, when I got to read this. Full disclosure, I'm on the caucus volunteer committee. I'm an advocate of the caucus, and I'm trying to educate the community so we have more people volunteering to pitch in. I am not a caucus or city government expert, but I do my best to bring on experts to educate all of us. Heads up, we'll make mistakes on the show, and we'll not edit our guest comments. We'll post corrections in chat and welcome people on the show to come on and correct us. There's a few of those. Okay, one of the goals of the podcast is shed light on local issues. And there's no bigger issue than politics around town. And that's why we got uh, Mr. Tim Newman uh, coming on. Tim, can you give us a little background about yourself? So I grew up in central Illinois in Decatur and I uh, attended Purdue University on an Evans scholarship. I stayed down there a couple of years and I came to Chicago to go to graduate school. Got married in 91, moved to Lake Forest in uh, 94 after uh, our son was born in 93 when the... Uh, my wife's townhouse in Wilmette got a little small. We couldn't find anything down there. And I have uh, an older brother who lived a long time in Lake Forest. So we came looking up here and found a house, the first house built by none other than Tom Swarthout. Wow. And so that was Wait. our entry point in Lake Forest in 94. Uh, so I've been here ever since. And I got interested, I think it was probably the late 90s, early 2000s, somewhere in there when the last breakaway party came into being, and it really had to do with uh, the plans to move city services from Laurel Avenue to the very, very north end of Fort Sheridan. And that caused quite an uproar in Villa Turicum. And a couple of guys there uh, ran against the caucus slate uh, for second ward alderman, and they were successful. One then, went on to run for mayor and he lost that race. And then eventually those two parties merged and buried the ax and the issue resolved itself uh, in its form now with uh, city services on field drive. There was another big stink about the Costco and that was the city services location is tied into that Costco thing. So I got onto the caucus uh, around about that time as kind of a peace offering toward what was then the Lake Forest Party and to, you know, get some different voices in there. I then, in my fourth year, was president of the caucus. Uh, and after I finished that, turned out, uh, I was asked by Mayor Rummel to sit on the plan commission, which I did for six years. And then I uh, sat out for a couple of years. I got involved in, uh, as Scoo knows this, in the uh, uh, golf advisory committee as we were uh, putting together a plan to outsource maintenance and management of Deer Path Golf Course 
to Kemper Sports Management. And that was controversial at the time, but in retrospect, I think school would agree that the course has never been better in terms of the condition. And, you know, it's certainly a beneficiary of the pandemic with the level of play way up. And so that's turned out to be just a home run for the community. And that was all driven by the fact that the community itself could no longer within its own borders support the golf course. And so we had to draw outside business and get competitive. And we just didn't have a platform at the time uh, to make that happen. So I then uh, was asked to be uh, second ward alderman. And uh, so that occurred in 2016, I believe. And I did that for four and a half years. When my wife and I eventually sold our house, we couldn't find a rental we liked in the second ward. So uh, I stepped down from that position. I've been quiet ever since. I think what characterized my participation on the caucus, the planning commission, and the city council was I went out of my way to not have an agenda on everything. So it was generally pretty neutral coming in. Even on the caucus, I just made sure everybody stayed between the ditches. And if something erupted, then I would uh, I would get involved and try to mediate that. But uh, not having an agenda and an open mind, to me, the most important aspect of our system of volunteerism. So that's a little long-winded, but that's kind of who I am. So you were in the caucus uh, in the early, early goings. Did, did you have any contested elections? You, you mentioned something a little bit earlier. What was contested and how did that go down? If you had a magic wand, Tim, could you wave it over, go back in time? Is there anything the caucus could have done differently so you didn't have a contested election? We did not have a contested election during my association with the caucus. However, we had some controversy around the high school board and our relationship uh, with Lake Bluff and uh, Knollwood because they are rightly entitled to representation on that house high school board since the high school serves all three of our communities. You know, that became an issue because there were some uh, characters involved and some egos involved and some hard feelings that needed to be mediated to uh, put forth the best candidates possible. And it's, it's always kind of a pushing match between how those seven seats get split up among the three communities. And so we had a little bit of uh, uh, dust up on that, but we got through it okay. So for, for Lake Bluff, I believe they get two, two seats uh, on the board. There's nothing, is there, there's nothing in writing for that. Any idea how they came up with that or it's just an agreement? Oh, I think it's based on population more than anything. So okay. uh, 421 is kind of the working relationship, but you know, if Lake Forest doesn't have four candidates, it, you know, it could be three, three, one. And, you know, yeah, yeah. my viewpoint is what difference does it make if you've got the right candidates? It's not a rivalry. It shouldn't be. And, and so you go from there, but some people get locked in on their thinking and, you know, any uh, body of uh, consideration can always get caught up in group think as it were. And, you know, yeah. how did you, uh, speaking of group think, how do you, the caucus, the number one thing is to weed out agenda and, you know, be nonpartisan. How do you do that if the presidents and the vice presidents, they're not voted on, they're just handed over, right? Was it like that with you? Yeah, you know, uh, the second ward chair at the time uh, that I joined the caucus had some vision in his head that I was going to be president. And I, you know, I said, 
what I just got here. What are you doing? Somehow, you know, I don't know. It all happened just as he had said, and I had nothing to do with it, to be honest with you. But, you know, the caucus needs to always, in my mind, be mindful of the potential for groupthink. And perhaps uh, this last school board of election may have been an example in that, you know, there's a lot of things going on with Illinois being so democratically controlled. A lot more liberal thinking is getting in, working its way into the system, as it were. Some of it's just uh, the reactions to it are overblown. And so, you, again, not having an agenda, I think, is important. I guess what I'm trying to understand is, so it doesn't sway Democratic, so it doesn't sway Republican. You just want the best people in there. If the executive committee isn't voted on, it's handed over. What's stopping a, a Republican president selecting another vice president that's Republican that selects their executive committee that's all Republican and down the line if nobody's voting on it? Like, Maybe what's the check and balance on that? Maybe your experience is different than when I was on 15 years ago, but uh, party affiliation never entered into the conversation. I had no idea what anybody's party affiliation was. And, you know, I thought that was a pretty good thing. Oh, no, I'm not saying that, like, I don't know whose party is what, because uh, that really isn't asked on the interviews, okay? Yeah. I guess what I'm saying is, if you have a president that may, may not be vocal on their affiliation, but they select their friends or people of a like political affiliation, and there's no check and balance, how do you stop that if nobody from the caucus committee is voting on that. You know, Pete, I don't actually recall how the executive yeah. committee is chosen. You're probably more up to speed on that than I am. I, I'm not, that's why I'm asking you, you know, cause you wanted to be, they wanted you to be president and you said, nah, you, you, you went on to be alderman, right? Well, so, you know, for my second year I was chair of the ward and I can't recall actually how I became vice president. And the tradition within the caucus is that the vice president then becomes the president the next year. Yeah. I think that's so, still a thing, but uh, I don't know how I became vice president. I just can't recall. recall. I guess what I'm pushing back on, on the process is if the vice president becomes the president uh, and we're worried about groupthink, is, is that a good thing or not? Scoo, what was it like for you? Any, do you remember? I'm trying to think. I was on there with with Tim, but I was I was a uh, third ward chair. I was an yeah. exec committee, so to speak. But um, yeah, my understanding, just like uh, Tim was saying, is that you know the vice president typically just kind of understood that will become president when the president's term's done. And I think it's the rest of the exec committee is what volunteer they're asked to do it, like treasurer and all that. Yeah, maybe the each ward determines who the ward chair is. I remember well, when I was ward chair, it was just kind of the, when I was first on there, the ward chair was rolling off and had a meeting and said, who, you know, who wants to do it? Help me talk down my point. Or maybe if there's a listener out there and wants to come on and help, help me out. If the vice president automatically becomes the president and the president chooses the people that are around them, you would think that they would choose the people that they know or friends or affiliations. How do you stop the group thing from happening if that's allowed to happen? I'm not saying it is or it isn't. 
I'm just trying to figure out how we can get a process so it's it's written down, not just handed over. Because as we're getting in this day, I mean, politics has, has always been funky, but now it's getting really funky. And, you know, you want to be transparent with everything. And what I've witnessed is a lot of wasted energy out there that when people don't know what's going on, they have... If they have a feeling like, oh, this is rigged, this is set up, and nothing's written down, people have a license to feel that way, and you have these contested elections, like with the school board. And my point is, can't we just get rid of that? The money, it, it's like a doom loop. It's you, you don't have a process in place. It raises contention amongst the, the city. There's people that want to get educated, people that don't want to get educated, when they're not educated, they don't know what's going on. There is no process in place. Then you have people that didn't even know there was a caucus contesting the election, like our own co-host, Lori Fitzgerald, did not know about the caucus, okay? She went out and was part of the Blue Sign Club, and we had to spend money, go out and get donations, burn X amount of dollars to put the lawn signs in everybody's yard that caused a big stink on that. I'd rather see the energy being put into uh, Mother's Trust Foundation. You know what I mean, Scoo? That's kind of my oh. point. And, and I'm just trying to raise it for discussion. Is there a better way to do this thing so the community doesn't think that, oh, that, it's all Democratic, it's all Republican. Look, it's not supposed to be partisan, but that's what people are thinking. Okay, I'd rather bring it out in the open and, and address it. Is there a better way to do the process? So if it's not an, yeah, go ahead, Tim. I've been able to come up with one because my experience with the caucus and even more so on council was that for the largest percentage of residents, they are oblivious to city government until yeah. something comes along that affects them. And then uh, it's ready, uh, fire, aim uh, for yeah. a lot of those folks. And, you know, we just, when I was on council, we had a very controversial issue with the uh, railroad tracks running along Waukegan Road. I mean, that was a big shouting, yelling, screaming, emotions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're completely uneducated. And, you know, it all kind of went away at the end. And a lot of finger pointing, name calling, all sorts of stuff that was flailing more than, than anything. You know, it happened and you got to deal with it. So, you know, I think and most residents just don't care. Till, uh, till it affects them like the school board, right? They live in a nice community. The streets are clean. The garbage gets picked up. The kids get educated. They don't really need to pay attention if they don't want to. All the angst, you know, social media really amplifies things. And yeah, no. if people, yeah, pe people are that pissed. And then you see, you know, the votes cast, Right. It doesn't match the the angst. I don't, you know, mayor has 2,500 votes. Okay, is it too hard to go out and vote or they just don't care because it's not affecting them? Like you said, Tim, I, I don't get it. Well, to me, uh, the biggest issue in Illinois is property taxes. You know, what underlies that is the unfunded pension liability and the number of governmental units in the state more than double the next closest state. And to me, it's just uh, an ongoing looting of the uh, Illinois taxpayer. Uh, Scoo's probably with me on this one. And nobody seems to want to fix it, so they keep voting for Democrats. And, you know, those are the guys that keep the system going. It makes no right. sense 
I mean, whatsoever. You know, if you hate Trump, I guess you're going to vote for a Democrat. I don't know. Well, Florida and Texas, they are, whew, the land values there are going through the, through the roof. So there's some, you know, eventually somebody's got to do the work and somebody's got to pay the bills, you know. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you're seeing out migration, uh, picking up steam in Illinois. I mean, I'm on a couple of Facebook pages that I follow called Leaving Illinois. And I mean, it's every day somebody else, you know, two or three more people on this, you know, already small Facebook group are leaving. Right. And they just, right. they've got it, they, you know, they just can't take it anymore. And, you know, you look at property taxes uh, in Lake Forest, our tax rate is, is pretty competitive, fairly low, but our assessed valuation is real high. And so, you know, you, you really can't have it both ways with a high assessed valuation and, you know, cheap property taxes. Tim, any other issues in town that you want to uh, comment on or, or, or bring up? You moved from the second ward to which ward are you in now? In the first ward. First ward. Okay, you're with me. You can't get back on caucus again, can you? I think I... Uh, I'm, uh, I you, you, you burned it all up? You didn't? I think so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. No eligibility <laughs> left. No eligibility left. Okay. But uh, any other issues that you see in, uh, in town? Being on council gives you an inside look at how the city runs. You know, I just made reference to our fairly competitive tax rate on property taxes. And right. if you look at the city budget, it's about 70% of the city's budget goes to personnel costs. And so they're managing this city with bridges, streets, sewers, water lines, all that on 30% of our budget. And that 70% that goes to personnel is largely out of our hands. So I think the city does a marvelous job. The staff uh, are phenomenally dedicated to getting every ounce of bang out of every buck. And Big I shout just, out. Hold on. A big shout out to Mike Strong. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, all those guys. Mike's a great guy. And, you know, everybody from top to bottom. Uh, yeah really cares about what they do. I, I don't think that gets noticed to the degree it should. Well, growing up in the inner city of Chicago, I notice it. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's it, this is, it, look at the it, tax rates in Vernon Hills and those kind of places. They're yeah. double and triple ours. Arlington Heights. It's a double, man. It's no, this is, this is great. This is, it's almost like, I feel like I'm nitpicking, you know, but it's, you know, we aspire to be great, greater. Stu, what's that project that's going along uh, Deer Path there for the water? Well, that's part of the whole project that Tim was talking about earlier with the golf course and uh, the state kind of fixing uh, under the viaduct there where it floods all the time yeah. and uh, putting new sewer drainage and the two ponds at Deer Path are going to help that, hopefully help facilitate that. Um, yeah, I, wa I wanted to bring that up because we have new people moving into Lake Forest and this podcast is, you know, trying to help them out. It's like, why is all this traffic on deer path? I'm like, well, there's a lot of flooding that goes on, right. That's going to help, help it out. Where was all the flooding occurring everywhere or just, you know, is it a specific ward? Like what were they trying to fix? Well, the underpass at 41 would fill up almost to the bottom of the roadway above it in heavy rains in the pumping wow. facility. Uh, dated back to the 50s and was wholly inadequate. So we were waiting on the state of Illinois for 
close to 10 years for them to, you know, green light this project and get going on it. And basically uh, that flood water will be pumped from underneath 41 into the two ponds going on the golf course until such time as it can be released into the drainage ditch, Skokie drainage ditch after the rain. So it should improve. You know, they got the same situation up in Lake Bluff. Uh, uh -oh. is, that, is that the mayor? Tell, tell George we'll get right back to him. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so that, that, that project is long overdue and much needed. And so you know, it's a pretty big project. If you look into those holes, uh, those ponds are pretty deep and uh, there's a lot of engineering going on down in those ponds. So it's, it's quite the project. How long did it take to get everything approved for that thing? It was close to 10 years. Wow. Okay. Between the time that the project was conceived until now has been close to 10 years. I, I did not know that, Scoop. That's why I asked the questions. Tim, we're getting towards the end of the show. Anything else you want to bring up? This is like a Republican slanted show. We try not to play politics on here, just, but it naturally comes up. If somebody from the other side wants to you know, come on and slam Tim or, you know, whatever in me, you know, go, go, uh, go for it. Uh, we're just here to talk about uh, issues, right, Scoo? That's right. Everybody loves Scoo. Whatever <laughs> happens, it's, it's my fault. I'm a jerk. And Scoo comes out smelling like a rose, just like that haircut, man. He looks sweet, high and tight. Summer cut. Good cop, bad cop is not a novel idea. <laughs> well, well, well. It, dep it depends on your political affiliation. You know, I, no I view myself as a moderate, and you know, yeah. uh, on some things I, I swing a little bit more right. But anybody's viewpoint. If there was a party that was just all for first responders and small business, whoever can do the most for them, that that's what I'm in it for. Yeah, right, all the people that take the risk and do the dirty work out there that I that I'm privileged not to have to do. I'm like very thankful. All right. That's enough. That should get us some emails. Huh, school. You can answer so. some of these. Okay. <laughs> tell Send them my tell, way. Tell Pete's email addresses. It's full. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to the Lake Forest podcast. Please give us five stars on Apple podcasts and smash that like button on Facebook, Instagram, and follow us on Twitter. Let us know what you like to hear about in the upcoming shows. Tim, thanks again for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Tim. Golf today? A little too chilly. Okay. A little too chilly? Oh, you're, you're weak. Again, I'm <laughs> Pete. Maybe. <laughs> weak. And I can be reached at Pete at LakeForestPodcast.com. Uh, the link will be in the podcast notes below. Unfortunately for this episode, Scoo will be taking all responses. On behalf of my co-host, Scoo Walker, we thank you for listening and cue the band. <laughs> <laughs>